Hello and welcome to the D&D Roundtable on the Tome Show Podcast Network. I'm your host, James Intercasso. If you're a first-time listener, welcome to the show. If you've been here before, do me a favor. Go and give us a baller rating on iTunes. It helps us a bunch. Please use the affiliate links on thetomeshow.com whenever you shop on Amazon or D&D Classics to help support the show. Just go to thetomeshow.com, click on the links in the show notes for this episode or any other, and then shop as you normally would. Today's guest is the one and only Wolfgang Bauer of Cobalt Press. Wolfgang is developing two new books for 5th edition, The Tome of Monsters, with 300-plus monsters designed for 5e, and The Book of Lairs, which is a bunch of small to medium-sized dungeons fully fleshed out with baddies for your games. These books are both available through the Kickstarter happening right now, which is already funded, you guys. That means you are guaranteed to get the books if you go contribute. In fact, if you go contribute, you're just going to make these books fuller, fatter, more monsters, more layers. It's all gravy at this point. Kobold puts out amazing products, and Wolfgang is a great guy. Listen to this interview and try not to pledge all of your money to him. Now, I do want to apologize. There's a little noise on this interview. Wolfgang had a new mic, and it was giving him some problems. It's not a huge deal, but there are a lot of clicks and stuff throughout the interview. The interview is still totally audible. You can still hear exactly what's happening, but it might be a bit annoying to some of our listeners. I promise you that the monstery goodness is worth getting through this. Let's roll the interview. Everybody, I am here with Cobalt in Chief of Cobalt Press, Wolfgang Bauer. Uh, he has been talking about this Tome of Beasts since at least Gen Con, uh, if not before. Now it's on Kickstarter. It's here. We got Wolfgang. Wolfgang is the second day of your Kickstarter. Uh, congratulations. You funded yesterday in, what, eight hours? Eight hours. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, no, it's great to be here right after day one. It's 24 hours in. And, yeah, we funded after eight hours, and then we knocked out two stretch goals to, uh, to kind of cap it off. And I'm, <laughs> I'm blown away. I mean, I love monsters. I'm, everybody knows I'm a complete monsterholic, right? I'm the easiest pitch to sell me something as a publisher is to say, hey, Wolfgang, I've got this new monster, and I think it's kind of cool. Uh, right? It's like, oh, really? Tell me more. I'm glad I'm not the only one, right? There are monsterholics everywhere, people who, uh, who said it's time for fifth edition to get a whole lot of new monsters. It really, really is time for 5th edition to get a whole lot of new monsters. And granted, the monster manual is great. Uh, oh, it is. You know, yes. you know, there's some great offerings in there. But this, this is like a whole, a whole second thing. We're talking 300 plus new monsters for 5th edition. And then we've also got this other book that you're putting out with it. Along with a whole bunch of other extras and goodies. So talk to me about what are all of the various offerings available if you back this Kickstarter? Sure. Well, the easy one, of course, is, hey, it's called the Tome of Beasts, and it's a big book of monsters. Right? <laughs> um, and it's, it's just what it says on the tin, right? I mean, we've got some crazy fey in there. We've got some animal types. We've got demons. We've got dragons, and I wish I could count the number of dragons, but some of them are stretch goals, so I don't want to give the wrong number. Uh, <laughs> but, but, you know, we have, uh, we've kind of combed through the list from tiny little stuff that your first level characters will dispatch easily 
to challenge uh, ratings in the 20s. Yes. Yes. I think there's been a little bit of a gap uh, on the higher end of uh, monster challenge ratings, and partly that's the power curve in 5th edition, and partly it's just, you know, when you're launching the game, you want to make sure that the low-level experience is really covered. Exactly, exactly. We're a little further along now. Yeah. Um, That's that's the core thing, right? It's it's just an incredible array of monsters. A lot of them are um, based on concepts that have won uh, our our annual monster contest at Cobalt Press. Um, Others are just favorites that come from the Midgard campaign setting. Um, I mean, the sources are all over, and a ton of them are just so. I, I could go on all day about just that, but I want to mention uh, the other part because monsters are nothing without their lairs, right? So yes, um, yes. Book two is called the Book of Lairs, and at the moment, it's like ten lairs plus um, high resolution maps to go with them, and they're all they're all playable in an evening, right? They're like five to eight encounters. They're not. They're not gigantic crawls. They're nice. layers. Yes. Um, yes. So perfect for a session. A one-session yeah, exactly. dungeon. <laughs> yeah. Like, we've got the Necromancer's Cistern is one of them. The Alchemist Guild Hall is another. There's uh, Red Cliff Raiders. There's, um, uh, we've got a variety. Uh, there's uh, the House uh, of Reeds and Whispers, which <laughs> I just love the middle. <laughs> right? And it's a sort of fey, otherworldly, it's a sort of creepy house encounter, let's call it that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Cabin in the Woods is sort of in that direction. Um, yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they're all of a particular style and theme and flavor, and you can drop them in any campaign, right? We're just starting them out at like two, and so far I think we've hit about eight at the high end. And obviously, like all Kickstarters, there's going to be a whole lot more layers if we uh, if we knock out uh, some goals on that. I think we add another five layers. We get enough backers, and five hundred backers gives us five more layers. Oh, we have plans to expand this book considerably. Um, but in addition, with that, we've already unlocked the, the digital tokens, right? So you can play like on a projector. Um, you can play with these high res maps. Um, on a virtual tabletop, like Roll20 or something like that. Nice. Um, yeah, so the layers are meant to be useful uh, in a traditional tabletop setting. You can just sit down and play around the table. Or in the more, you know, uh, I don't want to use the word newfangled because it's been around. <laughs> but, you know, in the more digital online style of play that people often use. And some of the writers are terrific, too. Like Sean Merwin, who wrote uh, Delves for 4th Edition. <laughs> He's kind of awesome. The the and this is an industry full of kind people. He is one of the kindest humans in gaming. I yes! have to say, he really is. <laughs> he really is. He's just a really decent chap. Unless you're a player, in which case he makes you suffer. <laughs> but no, his encounters are are terrific, and he's. Uh, He's turned over, oh gosh, I think he's responsible for two or three of them so far, and we're hoping to get him for a couple more. So, yes. Yeah, so, and Steve Winter is on board for one. I can only get him for one. Um, but yeah, we're, we're excited about the layers because each one of them showcases um, monsters you already know, um, plus monsters from the Tome of Beasts. So, yeah, they're a really playable, uh, fun way to get this stuff. Just to fill in, if you 
haven't fully prepped for game night. <laughs> uh, it's like, ah, oh, crap, fifth level. What have, I, what have you got? Book of Lairs. Oh, look, two choices. <laughs> Take this one. <laughs> so, uh, you know, what are, what are some of your favorite monsters that are in this book? You know? Um, <laughs> you make me pick my favorite baby, aren't you? Well, I, listen, I know that there's a cobalt uh, that's going to be added to this book. Yeah, right? well, one of the first stretch goals added... Um, Added a cobalt trapsmith. Um, I mean, because yeah, right. Um, and a cobalt alchemist because yeah, right. We need one. Um, and actually, I think Sean Merwin was like, "Could you give me an alchemist for this encounter I'm doing here? This lair needs an alchemist." As it happens, we have one right here. Um, so the cobalts are the easy go-to. Yes, we're doing a couple of new cobalts. Uh, a chieftain, I think, is also coming in as a stretch soon um i love some of the dragons because they're at least two of them are midgard dragons that i've used in my own campaign and just love to pieces um yeah yeah right it's like well the cave dragons are like the blind bat type <laughs> dragons whose eyes have atrophied so cool. sort of eel like bodies thin heads because you know they gotta wiggle through a lot of narrow passages, and their wings are all tattered, and they don't fly. They're cave <laughs> They eat drow, right? Uh, they don't need to fly with those no, wings. No, of course not. No. So they're they're sort of horrible, stunted, pale, eel-like things, and I, I think they're just creepy as hell. Um, and I've been, I've been running cave dragons, God, how long has it been? Uh, well, long before 5th edition, long before Pathfinder, I believe they might have been in my 2nd edition campaign at the tail end of that. Nice. Yeah, so, you know, I've been playing those guys for 15 years, and it's like, well, we got to update the stats on that. Um, <laughs> so they were one of the very first things to come in on the stretch goal. Um, so Cave Dragons are a favorite. We've got some Shadow Fae. I think we talked about those in the context of Midgard Heroes, but they also make... Uh, because they're snooty bastards. <laughs> it's fun for me. It's a game master. Um, you know, there's other things. There's a a, a a vampire. Oh, I shouldn't say much about the vampire. There's a variant vampire and a variant mummy. Ooh. And, yeah. And the variant mummy is actually picked up from the Southlands. It's a venomous mummy. Nice. <laughs> it's sort of stewing and its juices in the coffin, right? And it comes out and it's... It's totally toxic. So it, it puts another spin on an, on an existing monster where people are like, oh, uh -huh, yeah, mummy, we know. Get the fire. Right? <laughs> wait, wait, we're burning it. It's releasing this poisonous gas. Ah, what's going on? Um, so we do some, <laughs> I, I don't want to give the impression that it's all like familiar tropes, right? Mm -hmm. Totally. But when, when we do something like a, a new dragon or... Uh, or a variant mummy. We really want to put a spin on it that makes players reevaluate whether they know what they're dealing with. Nice. Um, yeah. Uh, and other things are just brand new, right? Um, I want to say the the vulture sphinx is is sort of a variant, but fun and different. Uh, something like the rotting wind is not. It's it's an undead and gaseous form, and it's. It's sort of the mists rising monster, right? It, it, it goes well with zombies. Let's put it this way: if you read Stephen King, right, it's it's zombie weather. Um, the mask white, I 
want to say is one of the creepiest undead. It was uh, it was a winner of the Monarch of the Monte uh, Monarch of the Monsters contest. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and it was originally written for Thirteenth Age, but it's so awesome we had to bring it over to Fifth Edition. Um, it's sort of an undead that has its heavy armor, um, a nasty backstory, and basically its face has been nailed to the front of its helmet. Oh. How nasty it is. It just doesn't mess around. Um, there's others, I mean, it's not all pure evil and pure metal. There's, um, uh, there's an angel called the Fidele, uh, which you know, sort of an angel of loyalty and honor and, and will hold player characters to um, to their better natures, that sort of thing, right? Right, uh, yeah. So there's a few in the more good-aligned category, but for the most part, they're tricksters and bad guys. Um, oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, what a, oh, the Buddha. Ooh. Uh, not Buddha as in round-bellied, but B O U. Ah, all right. Uh, Tell me about this. The Buddha is actually a real-world myth of a sort of a weird hyena, hmm. and they <laughs> have a relationship with people that's a little different from your werewolf, right? They're um, they're shapeshifters and horrors, but they they take on the cloak of one of their victims to go in and wander among people, primarily because they love to eat children. Huh. <laughs> like, oh, well, that's a very traditional monster activity. Why don't we see more of that? <laughs> because it's horrible. That's why. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm a parent. I'm like, all of those child kidnapping, child eating monsters hit me harder now than they used to, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Some kid, whatever, you know, he's, got, he's a plot point. Now I'm like, what? No, eating children, that's horrible. <laughs> Get that guy. Well, it um, is, it is truly awful, that is It is. <laughs> um, and it's it's one of these, it's a monster, I think, the original story's from East Africa. And you can only tell them because they're always uh, accompanied by a small cloud of flies. There's a person who has flies on his arms or his hair. And maybe he's one of the Buddha. Maybe he's shape-shifting. Maybe he's wearing someone's skin and he's after the kids. Get him! Right? God. <laughs> so that's a... You can tell. I love the super creepy monsters, right? <laughs> um, well, I mean, some, it is October, right? It's it's appropriately planned. It's appropriate. I mean, we have stuff like the, the carrion beetles from the Underdark. We have weird cave-like moss stuff that, uh, again, is... is Great for something like uh, why am I naming the Underdark monsters? I don't know. There seems to be some sort of new adventure that takes <laughs> lightless depths. Um, and I, it would be remiss of me not to mention that there's a whole bunch of Underdark optimized ghouls in here who uh, get a, a fair bit of love. Well, wait, wait. What makes a ghoul? Optimized for the Underdark. <laughs> all right. Well, so back when I worked on Dragon Magazine, right? <laughs> this is all Roger Moore's fault. So he was editor in chief at Dragon and, and my boss. And one day he said, This Underdark, you know, I've been working on it for years and it's total BS because, you know, living things would not win in the Underdark. If we're going to be logical about this, the, under, the undead would be in charge. 
large. Because mm. they don't need to eat or breathe or any of that stuff that's annoyingly difficult. It's uh, right? a good point. <laughs> I, pff, right? No, come on. It would be... Uh, and he started rattling off, like, the various candidate undead races. Yeah, it would be it would be a coin toss, vampires or ghouls. Gosh, <laughs> Roger, you make a good point. And not just because you're my boss, but no, yeah, the, well... Hey, do you mind if I take that idea and run with it? I have an idea for an adventure. And he was like, yeah, okay, go ahead. Um, <laughs> just guessing, right? You right, sure, yeah. Right. Um, and it wasn't right away, but like a year or two later, I published Kingdom of the Ghouls in, in Dungeon Magazine. Uh, sort of where the communal social ghoul trope showed up first. Um, and the idea there is exactly, you know, they can march all day and all night, they don't mind setting fires or poisoning the atmosphere because they don't care, right? And and they they do really well in an extremely hostile environment. Um, so the Derakul are those guys. They're ghouls who got their act together socially. They have a hierarchy. Um, they work together. They use tools and weapons really well. They have a whole sort of medieval social structure with an emperor. Yeah. And they're available as a playable race. Uh-huh. They are actually <laughs> as a playable race, although there's some notes about, you know, this may not be for every campaign. But no. <laughs> if your group is a cheerful, lighthearted, sylvan group... <laughs> And Playing an underdark ghoul may not be for you. Yeah, this may not be the appropriate character. But if you're already in the underdark, mm-hmm. right, and you're meeting horrible people, maybe you want a horrible person who's sort of on your side. <laughs> um, so they're in there. Uh, a couple of new demon lords are in there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We've got, uh, well, Mechuiti is from the Southlands. We're happy to have him. But there's also, oh man, there's two new ones that I really shouldn't talk about because we haven't even announced those stretch goals. <laughs> yeah, but maybe I'll announce one of them. There's, <laughs> yes. Uh, we're talking. I mean, uh, this comes out a week from now, so yeah. It know. does. Right by then, it'll be announced. Old, right? it'll, be, it'll be old history. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, we, we have one who is sort of a, a patron of, of the. The undead. He's, he's sort of in an Orcus-like direction, but also popular among well, the ghouls. Uh, Korgeth, the Lord of Worms, is one of the new demon lords. Nice. So yeah, there's you know, and depending on your campaign, he could be Orcus's assistant. He could be a rival. Yeah, put him. Whatever you want. Your might be might be easy to drop into an adventure path in the Underdark, right? Well, I, yeah, you said it. you're absolutely right about that. I mean, maybe, yeah. maybe one involving demon lords. I don't know. I'm just spitballing. Possibly, I'm yes. Just spitballing, you know? And people, especially if you have players who, you know, like to read ahead and, wait, he's not in the book. Aha! <laughs> sneak a look at this. Um, yeah, we've got stuff like deep drakes fit into the Underdark. We've got a number of beetle types that are interesting for that. Uh, we've got constructs and clockwork creatures. I mean, if you know the history of Cobalt Press, um, my little free city of Zobek thing, my 3.5 campaign that has stuck around for a long time since, um, it, it has its share of gear-forged clockwork uh, hounds and servants and watchmen and 
all those things. Um, and also it's, it's nefarious clockworks like the spider thieves. Ooh. Have the word spider in their name because they kind of look it, but they're mostly about thievery and they're perfect cat burglars, right? Because they can come up stuff, cut their way in, whatever it is. So, um, <laughs> the, yeah, the clockworks uh, section is, I don't know, sorry, monsters and that sort of automaton, uh, gear forged kind of category. And, you know, if you're, if you're looking to expand that range of creatures, or even if you just want to make uh, an adventure of your own that, that features a fair number of uh, steam and brass, steampunk kind of creatures, giants. Oh, man, I could go on all day. <laughs> so, but it sounds like there's a nice variety of stuff. So if you're playing a, a very straightforward, typical fantasy campaign, you have tons of options to pull from from this book. And yeah. when you take those little, like, oh, you know, this adventure takes place in the Underdark. We're going to throw a few cave dragons or a few Underdark specialized ghouls in there. You've got yeah. that option. Or... If you want to play a more specialized campaign, you now have a lot more monsters to do that. Because if you're just working with the monster manual and you want to play kind of a more steampunky clockwork kind of thing, you don't really have a lot of options uh, at no. the moment to do that, no. right? And we we want to support. There's not even with three more than 300 monsters in this book. Um, you know, if we just give you six or ten monsters that fit a particular theme, that's usually enough to oh, yeah. really level up what you're able to do in terms of your your campaign. Um, and, and a few of these, of course, are meant to to just be out there um, and inspire like a whole adventure just around this creature, right? <laughs> I mean, it's 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 amazing. Uh, you know the art that you guys have here uh like I, i'm looking at a skeletal dog right now that's uh-huh. in purple flame and has green flaming eye like this this thing is terrifying and i want it in my game right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that's the lich hound because you know if you're a lich you get lonely and you want a dog mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> in purple flames with green glowing eyes and skeletal that's, that's why it's the Lich Hound. Yeah, they're horrible and nasty. I, I think Ben McFarlane designed them way back when, when Empire of the Ghouls was kicking off. And um, <laughs> and they've stuck around because they're nasty and horrible, right? And that's, oh, totally. It's, it masters, it's so useful. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, there's plant creatures, there's uh, more undead, there's sort of... I want to call them normal, but there's dinosaur and furry creatures and cat-like creatures, right? So some, not everything is wreathed in flames, only half of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a bunch that draw on Viking myths, too, which I'm pretty fond of. Oh, nice. Yeah, like, oh, the night garm is sort of a devouring wolf creature. Um, the the Haupui? <laughs> I know, you know, RPGs have this tradition of, how do you say that? Um, it's it's one of these vengeance undead that crawls its way out of a grave. Yeah, all right. I'm, I'm down for that. Uh, uh, I like that. I like yeah. That. Uh, and then there's more entertaining ones like the Rum Gremlin, which, if you're running a nautical campaign, 
<laughs> well, they're like a challenge one, right? But they're gremlins. And do you want a sober crew? I'm sorry, you won't get one on this voyage because you have rum gremlins. So, <laughs> uh, I, you know, it's, we're not going to take up a ton of space in the book with these sort of knights of the dinner would call them annoyance monsters. Um, but that's kind of I mean, but it's cobalt press, right? I mean, right. you gotta have <laughs> some of them. Not everything needs to be an elder god or a of course. dark demon. Only, yeah. So. Well, and you, you know, you fight elder gods maybe once a campaign. Uh, right. You right. fight, you're more you likely to the other stuff gremlins, Yeah. Every time you're down at the tavern, right? Um, <laughs> Actually, we have one other creature that I think is is wonderful that goes back to an earlier Cobalt Press publication. Um, we did a product, uh, again, in the 3.5 era called the Book of Drakes. Nice. Which was just a collection of, you know, 30 small drakes. Um, yeah, it was something like 30. Beautiful art by Hugo Solis, and it was written uh, by Adam Daigle and Mike Wellum just knocked it out, right? Just flavorful, wonderful creatures. Um, and one of them was the Alehouse Drake, huh. who is sort of <laughs> the domesticated small drake, right? I mean, most of the drakes are thinking like... Uh, yeah, of course. Like the Underdark or whatever, right? Hunting drakes of some kind. They, they go kill things. Well, the Alehouse Drake is a little more relaxed, right? He's... <laughs> Kind of an entertainer, hangs around the tavern, probably knows stuff. Um, I, I kind of picture them all as like Norm from Cheers because they're they're barflies, and I think, well, yeah, I can see that some of the smaller dragons might just decide, screw it, humans have all the food, I'm just going to hang around them. Um, so I. I like that one. I still haven't worked it into a campaign. <laughs> really? How, how does that not happen? <laughs> wind up going for our, like, all right, let's get the rust drake. Let's go get the deep drake. Let's go get the coral drake. Oh, my goodness, the art for the coral drake. I hope to show it as a preview. Um, we're doing, doing a bunch of previews for this book. Mm. Um, one of them is already up. Uh, the eye golem is up at EN World. And the, actually, the second one is up, the Vexed, uh, who are like the less friendly version of the Gith Yankee, maybe? <laughs> the less friendly version <laughs> of the Gith Yankee. <laughs> well, they have these demonic patrons and they like wearing belts of skulls. I guess oh. they're about like the Gith. I mean, on a friendliness scale, they're in that category of we hate everything. Um, <laughs> anyway, the, they're, the the preview for them is up at uh, at the Escapist. So um, yeah, people should go check those out because there are a, there's a couple of previews floating around out there, right? Yep, and probably by the time this hits, I suspect we will have a couple more. Um, we're going to post a list of where to find the previews because you know there are various sites. 
Of course. And we'll also, uh, when when this gets published, I will gather up all of those and link them in the show notes for this episode. So oh, if people yeah. want to head to thetomeshow.com, we'll link, obviously, to the Kickstarter. We'll link to any previews. And we'll also link to your website so as more previews come out, people know where to go and, and where to check those out. So Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. yeah uh, I mean, we want to show people how cool these are, how great the art is, and frankly, how fun the design is on some of these. Um because we didn't just reskin stuff, right? No, no. <laughs> well, if we're going to reinvent a dragon, or if we're going to do something new with trolls or ghouls or whatever, or if we're going to do something completely bizarre like a dream eater, well, what does that mean mechanically, right? Well, um, that's figured out. And uh, the designers have been, have been on this for almost year now wow wow yeah so when did when did this start because i know at gen con you well, talked about it and work had been done a little bit and then there was talk about like well maybe we're gonna wait and see if there's an ogl or anything like that yes, and now it is, seems like you're at the point where it's like well we've done the work so we just need to get it out there and yeah this happen. is where my optimism either is is a wonderful tool to get things done <laughs> or bites me in the butt because this started back when Wizards first said, hey, there's going to be an open license for 5th edition. Yay, it's coming soon. And, you know, I heard, oh, good, I can start working on that then. <laughs> it's, it's some time. Um, so, so, yeah, work started eh, sometime after Gen Con 2014. Yeah. Thinking like that, and it wasn't nice, like, we, nice. yeah, we didn't power into it full bore right away, but we started like making lists and looking at, well, what would we want, right? What has been good to us in other uh, other editions? What what monsters that Cobalt Press has published have people glommed onto and found most entertaining? What have people submitted to us in adventures or, you know, uh, or, or blog items or? whatever, is which, which things have traction. Um, and then we kind of added up and said, well, how many do we have? Which ones do we never want to see? And so there was a whole sorting process. And then there was, well, that's, that's 150 monsters or 200 monsters. <laughs> we need another 150 or 200 monsters to really make this sing. So it's about half new, half old. Um, and, and and that let us really go, well, we'd love to do something with this category that we think is neglected over here, or we'd like to do some higher-powered things, mm-hmm. right? Like challenge 10 creatures. There aren't, there aren't a lot of those. There aren't a lot of 10 pluses. Uh, and so one of the things the Tome of Beasts is really doing is, is bringing a few more of those. Um, okay, more than a few. I mean, it's like... <laughs> 30, uh, it's in the dozens, right? Nice, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and it's not just the dragon, the ancient dragons either, right? Sure, it's like, sure. Right. Um, so, yeah, there's, there, there was a whole process of that as well. And then, of course, we said, well, we've kind of written them and we've converted some of the older ones, we've done the new ones, and now we need some playtest time. <laughs> Uh, and we're, we've done a fair bit of development um, and 
review and some play test, and I think it shows in the previews, frankly. And people kind of look at them and say, oh, oh, right? Right, um, yeah. Yeah, like they look like – they don't just look like somebody, you know um, – uh, put it together and then sent it out into the internet. It was like, here yeah. you go. You know, it looks like somebody actually took the time, cared, reviewed, edited, play tested, all that good stuff already at this point. Uh, well, which is awesome. I won't say I won't say they're a hundred percent file. We actually caught sure. an error in the fixed. We we were off by one on a number, and a fan has already pointed it out. But I'm like, <laughs> oh, good, we can fix that now. Um, and, you well, should just release everything and uh, and let the community <laughs> lay their pedantry upon you. You know, I think the power of of playtest and pedantry is is pretty good. Uh, I mean, Cobalt Press sends out stuff for playtest to to backers. We've we've done it with adventures pretty much all the time, of course. Um, and we're trying to do it now with we're trying to find new groups of. Playtesters. In fact, that's one of your your Kickstarter rewards, right? Yes, yes. If you buy both books, if you get the the layers uh, and the Tome of Beasts together, then you get the the preview set of monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you if you pledge for the special edition of Tome of Beasts, which is like a sort of leather bound, foil stamped, fancy end papers, and upgunned edition of mm-hmm. the Tome of Beasts, uh, then you get both the the monster preview and the book of layers preview. So and that's so so I pledged that level because I want to get my hands on everything <laughs> as soon as possible. Well, uh, we're gonna. It's not all ready, right? <laughs> and some of it's like, well, it's on the stretch goal list, and I guess we'll do it if we hit it. But but it's really hard for me as a publisher to to commit to. Hey, let's commission all the art for things that. Maybe we won't have in the book. Right, exactly. You're Um, wasting money if you do that. Right. But, you know, I don't think anyone's going to complain if we say, here, here's 150 monsters. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, playtest five or ten and let us know. Exactly. Or just read through it. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So uh, we still expect that sort of community review to happen. Um, And, yeah, backers have been excited to, to tell us, you know, they're most interested in and what else uh, might might happen. Actually, they've kind of talked me into trying for a new stretch goal. It, uh, uh, I hope it happens. Um, people who use Fantasy Grounds are oh, yeah. Yeah, super yeah. keen on seeing uh, a Fantasy Grounds package for Tome of Beasts. Oh, interesting. Well, yeah, and I feel kind of silly for not having thought of that myself because, <laughs> I mean, We've done data package materials with uh, Hero Labs for the Pathfinder people all the time, right? That's their preferred tool. Um, and it's like, yeah, the Fantasy Grounds for 5th Edition, why didn't I get out in front of that? But so now I'm playing a little bit of catch-up saying, hey, Smiteworks, would you be interested? And nice. And I think they probably will be. I don't know, I don't know what their work schedule's like. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I feel silly for not having thought of this three months ago. But um, yeah, I mean, I have to say, as a a guy whose weekly game meets every Monday on Roll Twenty, um, uh-huh. I love that you are making digital tokens and uh-huh. you're making the layers available as PD. Like, I'm just going to be able to drag those right into my game, and I love, love, love those quick 
eight to ten room dungeons that you can play through in a session because when the characters go off the rails as experienced players, it feels like they are trying to <laughs> ruin your prep work, you know? Uh, so why do but they're prep? not really trying. It just comes naturally. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. But that's great because then I have immediately... I have something that I can drop in. That's why I love that book, Dungeon Delve, for 4th edition. Uh, yes. And that's why I am going to love the Book of Lairs. Yes. It, it's, it fills a need, and it's like, I find myself reaching for those sorts of tools fairly often, because um, I run a lot of ad hoc, um, on the fly, and improv stuff. Um when I'm not playtesting, right? Like, let's, <laughs> let's go visit the Court of the Shadow Fae. Yeah, that seems like a good idea. Well, you know, six months later, all right, we're sick of that. Let's, let's just <laughs> out and go to the Underdark. All right. Exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think there's there's always a need for materials that make your gameplay faster and easier, and that's kind of where we headed with the stretch goals, like you said, with the tokens and the maps. Um, and I know the community around Roll20 has been growing, and, and it's huge. I know Fantasy Grounds has done really well by 5th edition. Totally. So so those sorts of things are included. Obviously, I'm still a big fan of print. Uh, the printed book is going to be a thing of beauty. Um, we're, every project we're learning, you know, hey, what else could we do to make this a little better? <laughs> um, yeah, and I don't know. I mean, the first hardcover I ever bought was a copy of the AD&D Monster Manual um, with, like, my allowance money <laughs> in the late 70s, like 1979 or something. Oh, mister, I'd like to buy this book. <laughs> and it was black and white, and it was just full of monsters. And it's like, ah, oh, this is the best book ever. <laughs> uh, I yeah, frankly, game books were the first things I bought in hardcover. Before that, it was all cheap paperbacks at the, the used paperback store, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and so I want this to be that same sort of thing where somebody who's maybe new to 5th edition or just new to RPGs generally says, whoa, check this out, look at all this art, look at all these weird creatures. Look at <laughs> This person seems to have an obsession with the undead and the, <laughs> the dark side. <laughs> um, and, and just get a real kick out of, of all different kinds of, of monsters and their possibilities. Well, you know, we've talked a little bit about the various stretch goals. Obviously, sure. um, there's there's the, the very typical, you can get PDFs and print copies of both books or one book or PDF one, you know, all that kind of stuff. You get all the, you can get everything that's digital. You can, there's a ton, a ton, a ton of different options here um, that really seem to fit any budget. Uh, you know, you, you can get the things you want in PDF form, uh, for, for fairly cheap. Uh, <laughs> somebody called me out on the pricing of the PDF and I was like, you know, I almost priced it 10 bucks higher cause this is cheap for what you're getting. Oh think. my gosh. Yeah. And somebody's <laughs> like, what? You know, it's like 29 bucks for a PDF. I've never paid more than 20 for a PDF. You realize it's 300 pages, might be 350, <laughs> hundreds of monsters fully illustrated <laughs> and you're telling me it's like more than 20 bucks is off to the table well okay uh, <laughs> you know i guess but i mean listen the man's gotta eat people okay <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> not just me, man. I got to pay my artists. <laughs> Some of them are large people with powerful gripping hands. I don't want to upset them. <laughs> They've been holding those pencils over tablets. You know. Oh yeah. Well, and it's. I, I mean, I think it's a great deal. Uh, and you do get this. And the other thing is, this is an investment. You you already know you're getting it. The Kickstarter has already funded. Cobalt Press always delivers. You know, um, so you, you it's a good it's a good investment at this point. You know yeah. you're going to get it, and all you're doing is help make that PDF even thicker. So yes. uh, you know, if <laughs> if this thing gets this, <laughs> yes, I mean at this point it's all gravy from here on out. It's like more monsters, more layers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tokens, digital assets, extras. We have a few we haven't announced. Just a couple special authors, and artists, and a special cartographer uh, who are all sort of you know, lined up, and we'd love to let them let them rip. That stuff just gets added to your rewards um, <laughs> as, as we keep knocking down the stretch goals. So yeah, exactly. So by if you miss out on the Kickstarter, this thing may go up. Ten times in price because of the amount of monsters that Wolfgang's going to have to add to it after everybody back. We're going to have so. to split that PDF into a volume one and volume two. <laughs> it won't fit through the tubes anymore. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, I mean, there is there is a physical limit on page size, page count, and file size, but we're we want to get there, right? Mm-hmm. We want to. Yeah make it as big and as glorious as possible. And then we want to do some weird little extras too, right? Like uh, the one that I'm really hoping we hit is if we get to 750 backers with this thing, 750, we're already at 350 today. Um, So if we double our number of backers, we do one of those Cobalt Press open calls for design talent. We say every backer of the Tome of Beasts can submit a monster and we will print the best ones in the book. Wow. Um, which every time I do it, I say, oh, no, I'm going to have to read all of these entries. I have to find these <laughs> and, and like ahead of time, I think, oh, it's going to be a bunch of work. Right? I have to read all that. And when it actually happens, and people are like sending in dozens of monsters, hundreds of spells for a prior project, and hundreds of submissions, you know, I'm in Clover. I'm, woo, look at all this stuff. I get to read all these spells. Oh, this one is awesome. I never would have done that. Oh, this one is not as awesome. Put that aside. This one is awesome. And, you know, people surprise you with their inventiveness and uh, and what they want out of the game is reflected in, in what they submit as their designs. Mm-hmm. And it's just a great opportunity to meet people um, and see their work and, and like get engaged with them creatively. Not everybody of course, wants to write up a monster. You don't have to, but it's one of those rewards that gets me excited. You are sort of passing on that, that spirit that comes with tabletop RPGs of creativity and everybody can make their own stuff. And, uh, yeah. you know, even, even if your monster doesn't get selected to be published, you guys, you right. then still have a monster you designed, you can use in your game. Like the work is still worth it. <laughs> Because yeah, <laughs> exactly. it's a thing you do anyway. You know? Right. It's like, well, you keep saying that you were going to make this monster and you had this idea. Well, we're here to help you, like, get over the hurdle and just do it. And, uh, I mean, some of the pledge tiers, I think it's the higher tiers, include, like, a workshop on monster design uh, and, and coaching and feedback on, you know, what are you doing, what's working, what's not. You can find a lot of those sorts of resources elsewhere, um, but the sort of one-on-one with people who are, I don't know, published 
designers at Wizards of the Coast or whatnot, published <laughs> designers with Cobalt Press, uh, is really quite helpful. And the community around these things, right? We often we often say, hey, here's the top 20 or whatever, and mm. we'll, we'll let people vote for the top candidates. Totally. Totally. So, and that's great, too, because you're, you're, you know, you guys are looking, again, the fifth edition spirit of feedback uh, and, and giving the people what they want, I believe, is all has been part of Cobalt Press philosophy since the beginning, really. Yeah, no, we started off as, hey, we just want this to be a place where people can brainstorm together, uh, crowdfunding and, and sort of crowdsource design or open design, if you like, um, is, is part of the DNA of the company. And we just don't want to do a project where we, where we say, well, we're just going to keep this all in-house. Nobody on the outside will have any idea what we're doing. It's an impermeable wall. No, <laughs> it's not. Right? Most of the big game designers you know and people who you think of as pillars in the industry or whatever, at some point were just fans sending in their work to a publisher or printing it themselves in a zine. Um, and over time, they just kept at it. But we want to be that encouraging first run. You've also got some rewards where people can party with you guys at Gen Con. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's not work, man. It's party time. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Or if you are, uh, if you have an idea for a monster, but you really don't want to design it, uh, it looks like the top pledge level is, uh, I can just say to you, you know, I really want a giant ice cream bunny. And uh, and then you guys have to design it, right? Is that the... James? James? No, you don't. Don't do this to me, man. That's a terrible idea. It is. Uh, yeah, that is, in fact, one of the highest... Uh, the highest pledged tier where we... We, we say you don't get too many giant ice cream bunnies. No, we don't. We don't. Uh, but um, the, the idea is, yeah, you give us a concept, and if we can make it work, we will... Uh, we will design the monster, we'll design an adventure for it, we'll design a lair for it, we'll get the map, you'll get the illustration, the original art, um, if there is an original, sometimes it's digital, um, and you'll get an ecology of articles, so a long-form description of the monster and what it's about. Um, yeah, basically everything we can do around your monster we will to make it uh, wonderful and interesting and playable and terrifying and make players dread your creation. So, I like it. Yeah. I like it a lot. A lot. <laughs> all right. So we're talking all about stretch goals and we're talking about how awesome it is that you guys are, are bringing some of this stuff into the modern era and you've got tons of monsters, tons of layers already funded. It's happening now. Tell me a little bit about the people who are working on this thing. Um, so I know a, a friend of the show, uh, an amazing uh, designer, a guy named Rich Howard, uh, yes. right? He's helping you guys out with this. Rich Howard has definitely helped us out. He did um, uh, he did the, the Southlands Heroes, mm -hmm. um, and he is probably going to do a lair for us on this nice. one. Yeah. Uh, so Rich Howard is is involved. Uh, Sean Merwin, we already mentioned, is doing a bunch of layers. Uh, Dan Dillon, who did the Midgard Heroes for 5th edition, uh, is also designing a bunch of new monsters for us um, and has done some review and development on others, so he's on it. 
Uh, a couple of people who aren't as well known, but who have been with Cobalt Press for quite a while and do good work, uh, are also on this. Um, uh, Rodrigo Garcia Carmona from Spain is uh, the fellow who is converting or updating some of the Southlands monsters, which were originally done for the Midgard setting and for Pathfinder, but they're wonderful jungle, desert, and tomb monsters. So he did a chunk of those. Um, and originally that was a, a stretch goal for the Southlands project, but now we're, we're bringing those monsters into the Tome of Beasts. Uh, and Chris Harris, uh, who has also worked on Knolls, Southlands, a bunch of Cobalt Press stuff. He, uh, he's done a ton of work um, gathering up some monsters from the archives, because right? mm-hmm. um, Cobalt Press is going to be like going on ten years of publication here soon. He he reminded me of some monsters. I'm like, did we really print that? No, we're not doing that. No, <laughs> that one. Uh, but he also found some real gems, and I'm like, we printed that. That's awesome. How did that get <laughs> tucked away in a drawer somewhere? That's terrible. Oh, it was eight years ago. That's why I don't remember. Okay. Um, so we took concepts, right? And we, we looked at some of the art from that period and said, okay, let's make it new. Because, you know, just like the Monster Manual is full of creatures that have been published often in the last 40 years, right? Um, so, too, we, uh, we wanted to say we have a, a catalog and we know some of the best. And we're going to take those, um, take those forward. So we're getting monsters from all over the place. You've got great people uh, working on this project. People oh, I haven't even named the greatest one yet. Uh, Wolfgang Bauer. What? No. <laughs> I just help out a little. <laughs> okay, I'm up to my... Uh, hip waiters in it. Yeah, I, I was going to say, geez. <laughs> but no, I was going to name my co-author on Tyranny of Dragons. Steve Winner is, oh, uh, is yes. the lead developer on this. And of course, as an ex-Watsy guy who uh, who knows his fifth edition, and I have to mention this every time I, I call him out, as the dungeon master who, you know, ran me through my first fifth edition campaign, um, I, I say he's, he's super talented. He's been working with uh, uh, man, so many RPGs over so much time, he knows his stuff. He has kicked the all the designers who I just named. Steve has kicked their butts in terms of hey, you know, we got to improve this, go back, fix that, um, and he's he's bringing the whole thing up a level. I'm, I'm really impressed with the development that's happening. If you guys loved Tyranny of Dragons, uh, the Horde of the Dragon Queen and Rise of Tiamat storyline, uh, you know, he's the guy who, who did a ton of work on that along with you. And he also worked with his son, right, on uh, Rise of Tiamat? Yeah, with Alex on, on Rise. So, um, yeah, they've been a good team on that. And he's, um, I should also mention, he's doing some really great, he's done a bunch of great blogging for Cobalt Press in the past uh, and on his site, which is the Howling Tower. Um, Yeah, he's got a piece coming up. It'll probably be out next week um, on monster stats and monster design. So he's he's also worked for Frog God on their monster book, I think. Anyway, he is is like marinated in monsters, and he's going to give us some of his wisdom and some of what he's learned and tips and tricks for designing your own. Uh, and he'll share that on the Cobalt Press blog um, sometime in the next week or so. 
Nice, nice. Well, I think people should go check out the Kickstarter. I think people are going to love it. Uh, obviously, a lot of people already do. We already have 389 backers as of the moment we're talking about this, and this interview is coming out a, a week later, so who knows <laughs> it will be by then. And you're already well beyond $10,000 over your initial goal. Uh, yes. So this thing is already enormous, uh, and it's only going to get bigger and better. People should definitely go check it out. Go go just to watch the video and to see Wolfgang Bauer's beard, you guys. Uh, so uh, it's a great yes. video, by the way. Really funny and fun. Um, so I had a, I had a blast with that. I'm having a good time doing this monster book. I love this work, and um, and I love bringing these monsters into people's games and hearing their stories afterwards. So yeah, um, appreciate everyone's support who's gotten us this far this quickly. <laughs> and we look to pile a whole bunch more rewards on the top. It's, it's been a blast. Guys, let Cobalt Press help you kill your PCs, okay? Yes! That's really what it comes down to. <laughs> We'd love to help. Yeah. We're, we're helpers. Yeah, and this is really the right season for it, too. Um, you know, uh, uh, looking at all the art, and like you said, there's a lot of cool undead, scary, creepy kind of monsters in this book. Uh, it's it's perfect to get you in the Halloween spirit going there, checking it out. Um, you know, I, I guarantee you will be impressed because uh, I definitely was. Uh, so, you know, I, I knew this had been rumored for a long time. I thought I knew going into it what this was going to look like. Uh, it exceeded expectations. Um, so, and I thank was already you. excited. So, uh, thank you so much time. for putting this Thanks out there. For support. Thanks for having me on the show. Of course, of course. You are welcome back anytime. Thank you for getting up super early on the West Coast to talk to me. All right, everyone. You can find me on Twitter at James and Chicasso. That's at J A M E S I N T R O C A S O. And you can leave us a comment about the show on thetomeshow.com or at facebook.com slash thetomeshow. And check out my blog. It's all about Exploration Age, the 5th edition D&D world I'm building over at worldbuilderblog.me. There's a ton of free resources for your 5th edition games over there. Okay, everybody, thanks for listening, and thanks to Wolfgang for being on the show. Special thanks to Jeff Greiner for letting us join the Tome Show lineup, and thanks to Sam Dillon for getting this podcast out there on the airwaves. Our theme music, which you're listening to right now, was composed by Eric Michaels. Don't forget to go to thetomeshow.com and use the affiliate links whenever you shop on Amazon or D&D Classics to help support the show. And hey, if you like this show, please, please, please write that Tome Show on iTunes and like us on Facebook. Keep on rolling and keep on listening to the round table.